Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Amen. Welcome. Give yourself a round of applause. You know what I was thinking? You can strip... You can strip everything back, like you can strip back the drums, you can strip back the guitar, you can strip back three singers on stage, but the Holy Spirit is still here. How good was that? What a wonderful time of worship. What a wonderful time. Let's thank these guys. While I'm here, Jenna, God wants uh, to speak to you and he wants to let you know that this is just the beginning of you being in front of the main microphone. But two things he wanted to say is it comes uh, uh, through two words, prayer and humility. And this is, you've got a beautiful, wonderful voice. Uh, moreover, more powerful than that, you've got a, a wonderful way of welcoming the Holy Spirit and, and ushering us into the presence of the Holy Spirit. So big things ahead for you, girl. Hey, welcome to church. Um, thanks for coming. You can take a seat. Uh, my name's Joel. Um, my wife and I are the youth pastors here. She does all the work, I do all the talking. Um, she talks better than me, she does more, better work than I do, but maybe that's not true. God's on both of us. God anoints all of our lives. Um, welcome to church. Who's, who's here for the first time? I've seen a few faces. Andrew, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for coming along. Um, as I say, my name's Joel. Um, Tonight, uh, we, our church just moved into a new month. Uh, the month we've moved, a new theme of uh, from little things, big things grow. Um, I wasn't here this morning. I, I got to go to a seven-year-old birthday party, so that was fantastic. There was too much food, and my, my six-year-old son, who was his friend, uh, about you know, three-quarters away into the party, he said, Dad, I want to go home. And I said, well, what's wrong, mate? You know, what's going on? He said, I feel sick. And I was taken right back. You remember going to those kids' birthday parties and you just felt so sick after? And we went home and he had to sleep this afternoon, so that was good. But um, I heard Steve did an amazing message this morning, so um, that was fantastic. So, um, so from little things, big things grow. And that's the theme of our month. Um, so my, 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 the, the title of my message, if you're one of those who likes to take notes, is uh, Life is Too Short to Grow Weeds. Um, I've actually got a couple of props um, here tonight, which uh, um, I'd like to get up here. Um, just go, yeah, one there's good, yep, yep, yep. Um, now, Ben Rundle inspires me with props. I always like Ben Rundle's props. They're very visual. And um, So as you'll see here, we've got a, uh, a, a dead, there's a potostrum, and this is alive. It's dying because I had to pull it out of my garden, but it was an alive tomato plant. But um, <laughs> I don't think it'll survive. Um, but uh, it was, uh, it's late in the season for tomatoes, so that one was actually did really well. But um, as you see, two, two, two ends of the scale, um, and I'm, I'm, uh, I, put, I got them put on both those sides on purpose, because me as a person, and maybe some of you guys here as well, I, I'm not standing here, but I'm, I also, I'm happy to know that I'm also not standing here at the moment, but I do believe I'm standing here and hopefully I'm moving in that direction instead of moving in this direction. So we've got the dead plant and the live plant. Um, and who knows that uh, in our life we're always growing something? Who, who agrees with me that we're always growing something in our life? Whether it be a good thing or a bad thing, uh, we might be moving forward in our life, we might actually also be moving backwards, but we might just be stagnant in our life. Um, and that's what I want to talk about uh, tonight. Um, I think it's really important for Christians 
especially as Christians, I think as humanity in general, but especially as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit empowering us that, that we continue to move forward in our life, that we, we, we uh, um, progress forward instead of progressing backwards. I don't think it's necessarily wrong to be stuck in a stagnant place because sometimes we are in seasons where we're stagnant. Uh, um, winter is coming up here in Canberra, obviously. I'm an avid gardener, avid vegetable gardener. Um, not much grows in winter. You know, This guy's gone out of the garden now, that's it. I don't really grow in winter. Some people try, but it's cold outside. Who wants it? Hey, but winter is a stagnant season. You know, Nothing grows in winter, but um, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. It's just a season that we sometimes find ourselves in life. Um, uh, but the longer, the longer I go on in my life, the older I get, the more I become aware that there's either opportunity to grow or there's opportunity to go the other direction. We can really only choose, I don't, may, maybe some other people have different revelations I do, but I find I either only choose one direction or the other direction. I either go forwards or backwards. And yes, sometimes I'm stuck. Um, but listen to this verse. Where, look, I'm going to be real tonight. I think the Bible is real. Uh, the Bible doesn't always uh, speak to us in a way that necessarily makes us feel comfortable and, and, and warm feelings inside of us. So I've picked a verse here, which is a wonderful verse, but it actually uh, it, it convicted me when I read it and made me remember that I need to continue to move forward. And the verse is this in, uh, in the message translation, actually. It's Hebrews 5, verse 11. Uh, through to 6 verse 3 and it says I chose the message because I liked the punchiness of it Um, it says this it says I have a lot more to say about this but it's hard to get across to you because since you picked up this bad habit bad habit of not listening by this time you ought to be teachers yourselves yet here I find you need here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again starting from square one baby's milk when you should have been on solid food long ago Milk is for beginners, inexperienced in, in God's ways. Solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. So come on, let's leave the preschool finger, finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Uh, grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place. Turning your back on salvation by on salvation by self-help and turning in trust toward God, baptismal instructions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, God helping us. We'll stay true to all of that, but there's so much more. Let's get on with it. And look, it's not a comfortable uh, verse to hear and, and the message was punchy and it's relevant and that kind of stuff. And that's why I spoke from that. But Pastor Steve says this fantastic thing, which I always like. He says, come as you are, but don't stay that way. Because for me, there's so many types of self-help things out there in our world. You know, the first person I... Who think, who, tell me one of the first people. Someone yell out. A, a name of somebody you know, self-help guy. Tony Robbins. There you go. First person I think as well. Probably the most world famous one. But there's so many different ways and people that we can have self-help. But if we're coming into church, we're, we're coming in to believe that God or Jesus is the one that's going to give us that self-help. So we need to we come as we are because that's the grace of God, but let's not stay that way. Um, uh, where'd that point go? Oh, there it is. <laughs> so a couple of our church's uh, values are um, spiritual depth and passion, and another one uh, is emotional maturity. And so what this speaks to me about is if, if we are part of this church and if, we, and if we believe this church is the place for us, then we need to make sure we continue to grow forward in those things. Let's not, 
stay on the baby's milk and, and, and stay in that stagnant place, but let's continue forward in emotional maturity. Um, so if you like to take notes, one of my first points is, uh, my first point is what are you growing in your garden? or in your life. Your garden is your life in this example. As you can see here, um, these are my two attempts to grow different things in my garden. They're both from my garden. There's a long story to this, but I won't tell you the long story. I'll just tell you the funny parts. These are petostrums. Uh, what did we, how much did we buy these petostrums for, babe? About 30 bucks a pop, and we bought about 10 of them, so it's about 130 bucks. We planted them all along a fence line. Uh, we watered them and then Giselle had a, a horticultural friend who said don't water them too much because the, the um, trunks can rot so don't let water okay so we peeled back on the water and a few of them started to die sorry then she asked the question what's happened to our petroleum maybe you watered them too much so we laid back on the watering and then they continued to die and then it went in a row like they were in a, on a fence line and they just slowly died from the top to the anyway I spoke to Ethan Nardi who's also a horticulturalist and he said you've probably got a disease so I don't I take no responsibility for the dying of these plants it probably was all my fault but so this is a picture of of what our life can be um, and then the other side of this is obviously also what our life can be. Now this is a tomato plant. Now the story about this tomato plant, a couple of, two years ago, I, plant, I went and bought from Bunnings some little tomato plant seedlings, planted them in my garden, and they grew. Uh, the end of the, end of the season came, pulled all the fruit off and everything. I'm a bit of a, I like gardening, but I'll be honest with you, I'm a bit of a lazy gardener. So I love the process of it, but then like all the upkeep all the time, I sort of struggle with. And so, um, <laughs> But if, if you plant the plant and it's got good soil along the way, you will generally still get good fruit, okay? So that's a good point for you as well. But, so, but what happened at the end of the season is all the... I got, we got heaps of tomatoes, didn't we? And we made tomato sauce and we made um, relish and things like that and gave it away and all that kind of stuff. But then because there was so many tomatoes, I got a bit bored with it and I just let them all drop all over the ground. And then the end, winter came, I don't plant anything in winter, I just pulled everything out, left it all, all the small little dead rotten tomatoes. Came back the next season and these little tomato plants just started popping up and I counted once all of them had gotten about this size there was 50 plants so just from last year 50 plants from nothing and uh, so I pulled a bunch out I gave a bunch I gave a bunch to Adam Vinin who also likes um, planting vegetables as well but so this is a uh, this is a, an example of what our life is when we when we choose healthy options in our life when we when we choose to do the things that it takes. Okay, my, my, uh, my diligence towards constant weeding and all that stuff can improve, but when we've got good soil and we water it and we look after it, this is what we're going to get. And then because we did the work beforehand, then the, very, the next year, the, 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 the moving on effect of that is going to be continual growth. And then the continual growth of that is that then I can give that away to other people. I can, I can take my fruit and I can give it away to other people. So what are we growing in our gardens? Um, I'm just going to put my phone on silent because I heard it beep in my pocket before. That's not good, are you? Tell everyone else. Turn your phones off, please. Um, but um, I heard Chris Vallotton, um, I don't know if you've heard of Chris Vallotton, he's one of the speakers out of uh, Bethel Church. He said this. He said, um, he said uh, if we are sinning and that sin causes us to feel a sense of conviction, then this is actually a good thing because this helps us recognize our need for Jesus. If we are doing wrong things and feel no sense of, of conviction, 
then this removes the need, need for Jesus and it normalizes sin. So if you say, well, if, it's, if it feels okay to you, it's okay. But then that removes Jesus from the equation and says, well, if I'm growing something in my garden, which is a bad thing, I don't really have a need for Jesus because to me, it feels okay. I heard someone say to me once, uh, if you continue to do something wrong for long enough, it doesn't feel wrong anymore. You know? So what are, what are the things we're growing in our garden and what are the ways we can, we can improve it? Um, in James 1 verses 13 to 15 in the NIV, it says this, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And then if we actually shoot back, like these, if, if I wrote the Bible, I would have written these around the other way. But uh, that's probably why I didn't write the Bible. But if we shoot back to... <laughs> If we shoot back to James 1 verses 12, it says this. It said, Blessed is the person who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Um, the reason I would have put it beforehand is because I probably am the type of person who likes a warning before I do something. So that kind of is a warning to me. If you actually pursue this, then you'll be able to wear the crown of thorns. So, so my question to us tonight is what do we choose when tempted with those decisions? To grow things in our life, am I going to choose the crown of the crown of, of blessing, or am I going to choose the opposite? Am I going to be dragged away from God? Am I, or am I going to be dragged closer to God? Um, um, so we, I believe, we're all tempted on a daily basis, and it's up to us whether what we do with that. Um, point two, if you're still taking notes, if you haven't switched off from me, what we grow, what we grow affects those around us, whether we realise it or not. So what we grow affects those around us, whether we realise it or not. One of my neighbours um, uh, at our place um, doesn't live in her house. She'd be maybe mid-50s or something, and she looks after... She lives about five kilometres away, and she looks after her elderly parents, which is a fantastic thing to do, very honourable. But because she doesn't live there, she doesn't look after her property. So she doesn't weed her garden, she doesn't mow her lawn, she doesn't do any maintenance around. We live right next door to her. So because of... The fact that she doesn't do this with her garden, I'm now reaping the rewards. Not that they're rewards, but I'm now reaping what's happening in her backyard. So she's got, we've got big weeds. You know, I don't know if anyone else those big tall things, big skinny things, and they grow about three meters high. And they blow seeds, and I've got all sorts of weeds and things growing in my yard. And that now, my neighbour, the other neighbour on the back of us, their fence is now falling over because her fence is attached. It's a double fence, but somehow it's pulling them both over. So. What we're growing in our yard actually affects those around us. So if I'm growing a good thing in my life, much like the tomato plant, then I can actually give that and bless other people with that. But if I'm growing bad things, the problem is, and it's really unfortunate, and if we're doing it ourselves, sometimes we don't even see it, but those around us, and usually, sadly, the ones that are closest to us, are affected the most. I had a period of time in my life when I lived here for a long time. I, I slipped away from God. I came back to church, I was in church, and I lived here. Lived here for a long time, asked my wife. And the actions, my actions, affected the people around me. They affected my wife, they affected my children, they affected my, myself at work, they affected me in the church setting, they affected the way I believed in myself. You know, they, because I wasn't growing good stuff in my life, and I chose to keep slipping back towards it. So 
whether we like it or not, unfortunately, we, uh, we affect those. Unfortunately, probably, and also fortunately. You know, I don't want to stay on the negative side of the fence. But when we're blessed and when we're doing the things that God asks us to do, those around us can be blessed because of us. They can, they can, they can eat the fruit of our plants. So we're growing fruit, we're growing healthy fruit, or we're growing rotten fruit. You know? um, so what we're growing affects those around us. Um, this is a very interesting thing, um, which I think is great. Actually, sorry, there's a verse there which actually sums this up really well, um, which is John 15, verse 6. It's in the NIV. I am the vine. No, sorry, yeah. If you, if you do not remain in me... Sorry. Sorry, give me a second. I put the wrong one up there. There we go. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So if we're remaining in him, we're going we're gonna to bear fruit. We're going we're gonna to grow that good fruit and we're going to be able to pass it on to others. Then if we carry on, as the Bible does, John 15 verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Some branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. You know, so my question to us tonight is, does my garden, does our garden need a backyard blitz? And that takes me to my next point. Weeds grow without doing anything, without us doing anything. Um, this is something I realised about gardening. Weeds are horrible things. They just... You don't need to grow weeds. If the world could live off weeds, we'd never have a food shortage because you don't need to do anything to grow weeds. So weeds grow without us doing a single thing. Um, but plants need more care and attention. So our relationship with God needs the attention. I can stand here and I can choose to go this way. Or I can choose to go this way. But in my life, in my experience, it's much easier for me to go this way because the weeds will grow up in my life without me doing anything. Um, if you currently have a garden with no weeds, fantastic. That's great because you're doing something good. And whatever you're doing, two things, keep doing it. Secondly, tell other people how to do it. Because if you're doing it well, other pe there may be, there might just be a really slim chance that there's some people around your world that don't know how to do it so well and they need your help to do it. Um, if your garden is too full of weeds um, and, and every time you look at your garden, it's too overwhelming, I'm going to suggest a working bee, right? So the way the working bee works is this. This is Joel. This is Joel a few years ago, right? And Joel's stuck here. Joel goes over to here for a little bit, and then Joel goes back down here for a little bit. One day, Joel gets a revelation, and Joel goes, I, why do I keep going here, and then I keep going back here? I just can't. I pray. I go to church, you know. I, 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 start, a, I start a friendship, start a friendship with another bloke, and that friendship's good for all, but then I have to talk about real stuff. So I end the friendship. I come back down here for a while, and then I meet another guy. I go, I go to a connect group, get into the connect Oh, we talk about real stuff in this connect group. I think I'll go hang out here for a while. But then I got a revelation, finally, that I need to have a working bee. And what the working bee means is that I need other people to help me pull the weeds out of my garden. Because I can't do it on my own. Because every time I end up back here, I look out there at my garden and all it is is weeds. It's weeds everywhere. And when I think, how am I going to get all those weeds? And sometimes I do, I get here and I start pulling the weeds out. And then I have a slip up. Something happens. I just, ah, oh, these stupid weeds, I don't care. I'll just stay back here. So I suggest to have a working bee. And if you're one of those people who doesn't have any weeds in their garden, you're a good gardener. 
So help those people that might have some weeds in their garden. Um, um, you may need a working bee. Uh, you may need a working bee at the start, but you don't need the working bee to continue. I, so, and I'll clarify that because you do always need people around you. But once we get the momentum started in those areas of our life where we need growth, that's, that's the digging up and that's getting out. And then all you have to do is maintain. So maintaining is a lot easier. Maintaining the garden is a lot easier than trying to dig the garden up and start from. So has anybody ever dug a garden up to start said, okay, I'm going to make that patch of my lawn into a garden? Really hard work. Because you've got to dig up and then you dig and you might, there might be a tree growing close by and there's a bigger oh, stupid root. You've got to dig to get an axe and dig the root. And it just seems to go forever. But once it's actually in there and you plant the garden, you, all you have to do then is maintain it. So, um, um, but if you... Uh, point three, sorry. And I tried to rhyme this one. Um, do your bit to clean up your... Garden, but I couldn't quite think of the last <laughs> word there. So uh, I couldn't quite. I tried to rhyme it, but I just—I'm not very good at rhymes. So, um, but the thing in all of that is God. God calls us to take responsibility in our situation. So we can pray. We can pray all we like, and we can and we can do all these things. But there's a great verse in James two. Um, and I'll read the whole thing, it's quite long, but stick with me. James 2, verse 14 to 26. It says this. It says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith with deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. And what that says to me, and I know we, that scripture has been spoken in so many ways about faith and deeds and helping the poor and all that kind of stuff. But if I put it in the context of my everyday life, I can't just have faith and not do anything about it. I can't... I, and I said, I'm going to say it now. I think I said it just this afternoon. Prayer is not enough. Unfortunately, well, for me, it's not. Prayer is not enough because prayer is, even though prayer is wonderful, I believe prayer will bring an answer. But then if we don't actually go and do what God is suggesting to us while we're speaking to Him, there's no deeds, there's no acts, there's no moving forward in what we do. So if we, if we want to move forward, We've got to have all that faith. We've got to believe God can heal, God can do this. But we actually need to start doing things. We actually need to move forward in those things. Um, be patient. Point, what are we up to? Point four. Five. Are we? Oh, more, points than I, more points than I thought. That's good. That's good. Be patient because he is faithful. So the thing is, the process is hard. So... What's our hope? No man is an island. No one can, and we've touched on it already, but the thing is, 
the process is not easy. If we're stuck in a place in our life where we can't get through, we're stuck in this stagnant place or we're actually back here and we want to move forward, the process is not necessarily an easy process. I know it firsthand. I'm sure there's other people in this church as well that have gone through hard times, losing family, even you know, not necessarily personal sin, but losing family members. Uh, bad things happening to them which shouldn't have happened to them. Um, but be patient because the thing is, in all of this, it's kind of like, uh, I love footy, you know, and what makes a good footy team? Well, not just Jonathan Thurston. Jonathan Thurston's left the Cowboys, not that they're my team, but anyway. Um, he's left the Cowboys this year and the Cowboys aren't very good. Okay, he doesn't make the whole team. They're still a team, but you have to have your, your star players and then you have to have your good coach. And In footy, you have to have big, bulky, bull-fed forwards who can run the ball up and then flick it to the fast guys out the back. But the thing is, it needs a team, but it also needs time because... Um, I, when I came back to the Lord, um, when I was 24, 23 or 24, we sat at the table, we sat around our, our kitchen table of an, of an evening and we had family dinner and mum said after dinner, which she often did because me and three of my other brothers weren't saved, and she said, oh, she'd always just chuck out these little um, little bits of bait, you know, and she said, uh, she said oh, do you know that tonight... Um, a healing evangelist is coming to church, and we actually knew him. You know, he had been a part of the church, but he had a gift of healing. And she said, "Does anybody want to go?" And straight, and I was living in sin, living in a lot of sin. And straight away, I knew that I had to. But my brother said, "I'm not saying anything while my brothers are here. Like, how embarrassing would that be?" So I waited until we, dinner was finished, and Mum actually said, "Oh, do you want a cup of tea, Kerry, to Dad?" And um, and and I just sat at the table, and they made the cup of tea, and they came in. Everyone had left the table. We were a big family. Everyone left, and I said, oh, "I want to go to church." And so um, I said, "Okay, well, we're not having a cup of tea. We need to go because church is about to start." And I uh, went into in, and I got prayed for. I received the salvation prayer, and then I went up the front, and uh, and he prayed he prayed for me, and he laid hands on me. Sorry, I'll just go back one step. I didn't say the salvation prayer. He said, "Does anybody need healing for this or that?" And I said, "Yeah." I came up, and I had I knew the stuff I needed healing for. And he prayed for that. And then he said to me, oh, I think you need to be led in the, sal the salvation prayer, the sinner's prayer. And at the time I thought, oh, I thought I was just going to be able to do this and then go back. I was that confused. Go back to living my life because I'm just coming up to get healed and I can just, I'll be better now. But he actually required something of me. He actually required me to continue to move forward. And I even remember the very next day going, oh, that didn't really go as planned. I actually have to start doing something now. <laughs> and... And it did, and it obviously from there on my life, and it did, I, I never went back to that life, but um, um, we've got to move forward and we have to continue to be patient. Um, um, James 5 verse 7 to 20, sorry, it's only 7 to 8, isn't it? But 7 to 8 in the NIV says this, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. And I understand that's talking about the Lord's coming, but also at the same time, whatever's going on in our life, and we're talking about the season of things growing, we have to, there's, there's seed, time, and harvest. And, and I can't get to here if I first don't have, you know, minus that, pull that out and it's just dirt, chuck a seed in there. I've got to have seed, time and harvest. And if we don't actually engage in that process of seed, time and harvest, there's no point. You, you might as well, I started to grow, uh, you might as well chuck the seed on there. I started to grow an apple, apple tree 
And uh, we found a seed, just fell out of an apple, one of our boys was in and sat on the bench. And two days later, I didn't even notice it, and they had a little thing coming out of it. I said, oh, boys, look at this. We'll put it on a cotton wool and wet it and everything like that. And we did, I said, it's going to grow an apple tree. And uh, I started, it started to grow. And then I took, it's about this high now, but it's been about that high for about six months. <laughs> and, and I was talking to Deanna from here, and, uh, and I see, she said something about the apple trees they've got in their yard. And I said, oh, it's cool. I said, a couple of years, I'll have apples too. And she said, oh, how, did you buy a tree? And I said, no. And I told her the story that I just told you. And she said, oh, it won't grow. I said, what do you mean it won't grow? And she said, oh, you've got to, you've got to blend. There might be some keener horticulturists. I mean, you have to blend a tree with a rootstock or something like that for an apple tree to actually grow. So there's no point me even bothering to plant the, 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 the seed of it because it's just going to become a little tree like this and that's it. So unless we allow and do the right process, we're not going to get there. We might as well just throw the seed on the ground. And it was a great exercise anyway and the boys liked it. But, um, um, so... Another thing around that is that I, I just feel like we live in a time which doesn't think that we need to do anything for our life to be good. Like, um, the world says this. The world says it'll come easy. Uh, you jump on a reality TV show, you're famous. You write a one-hit wonder song, you're famous. You start a business and all of a sudden you're rich. Um, but even though Instagram, Facebook, the TV shows... Um, that what they show us, it's not true. Um, I believe that the world gives us this message because that's what the world wants. And so we put the message across and then unfortunately, I believe parts of the world do sometimes creep into our church and sometimes we start to claw for those things. And I'm not saying any of those things like being a movie star or footy player or anything like that is wrong, but I think we need to, uh, as Christians especially, realise that there's a hard part to it. You know, There's always a difficult... Uh, part to get into the to the to the end of that, and the, and the fact that it's called uh, it's called hard hard work. You know, it's not just called work; it's actually called hard work. It's not easy writing a two thousand word essay. It's not easy lifting heavy stones to landscape my backyard. Uh, it's not easy training to become a doctor. It's not easy to keep you cool at your kids uh, when they're young, and it's probably not easy when they're old either. I don't know yet, but um, but the result of all this hard work is that it's worth it in the end, handing in that essay and, and passing. Um, standing back and looking, looking at your backyard, you know, crossing the finish line in a race that you've trained for. Um, all these things take hard work, but we actually can't get there unless we do the work and we actually sort of be the farmer. Um, and I heard someone just at the start of the evening touch on that. Uh, Steve said that we plant the seed and God makes it grow. So if we stay in that process, God will, God will make it grow. Um, um, yeah, I'm just seeing if I had any more. I said to Ben that I had a message inside of me that I couldn't write down on paper. Um, got most of it out, Ben. Um, but life is too short to grow weeds. Um, how do we stay on top of our weeds? Oh, Steve, you put your notes away. There's another note. Oh, okay. Six, number six, yeah. How do we stay on top of these? And look, I've touched on it before, but I wanted to reiterate. We've got to, we actually have to stay on top of them. We've got to be parts of groups. And I like practical stuff like be part of groups. There's specific groups out there in our society which help us with particular things. If we're struggling in a particular area, there's specific groups that maybe don't exist inside our church. But I guarantee one thing, 
there will be people inside of our church who know about those groups or know about those, those things that we can go and get help. Um, prayer, Connect Group, I think Connect Group is fantastic. It was wonderful when we were speaking about Connect Group earlier. Connect Group is this place where, as Christians, we can connect and we can actually be honest and vulnerable in a group, a small group of eight or ten people where we're not going to be judged, you know, um, we can pray out loud, we can practice our spiritual gifts, we can be honest one-on-one. You know, you can't always do that here in church because it's just that you come and you be part of the service, you have a little bit of a chat and then off you go, you know. So Connect Group is fantastic. Um, being honest and open and vulnerable. I think being honest, open and vulnerable is the key. Um, uh, Andrew Parnell's not here tonight, but I really like Andrew Parnell. And when I talk to Andrew Parnell, he's just got this spirit about him which is just open and honest and lovely, and I'm sure a lot of you others too, and I'm sorry I'm not picking you out, but I did it because he wasn't here. You know? so, but we need that as part of our life, because if we don't do that and we block ourselves off, sometimes you know how you meet a person, and you say, oh, there was sort of a wall up there. And someone said that to my wife about me when I sort of started on my healing journey. They sort of said, oh, there was sort of always this thing with Joel. You know, There was sort of always this thing that he had up in front of them and I did and when I look back I know like people could come so far with me and they couldn't go any further so the open honest vulnerability I think is is the key you know it's the absolute key to our healing Um, and that's when we act like the baby's coming off milk and going on to solid foods because we're saying well this uh, this is not good enough for me anymore and I've actually made a decision to move forward I don't need to be fed by my mother I'm actually taking responsibility for my life and for my growth and what Christ wants to do in my life um, yeah so that I hope that spoke to you tonight I hope that spoke to people tonight um, I actually feel that I'd love to give an opportunity tonight I wonder if we could get the keys Brody to come back up I'd love to give people an opportunity tonight to make a decision um, to follow Christ. Maybe something I've said has made you feel that you're in a particular area in your life where uh, you need to make some decisions about moving forward and changing some, some things in your life. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're not necessarily here. This is maybe not necessarily where you are. Maybe you're, maybe you're just here and maybe you're a little bit stagnant and maybe you're a little bit stuck. Um, but I'd love to give an opportunity to do that tonight. So I'd, I'd love to ask if we could all just uh, bow our heads and close our eyes. And um, look, if that's you, I really feel like God wants to say to you that you're in a safe place, that church is a safe place. Church is a, uh, a place where we can be most honest and most vulnerable and, and, and God is actually going to meet our heart. So maybe that, if that's you tonight... Um, I'd love in a moment for you to raise your hand and I'd love you to be able to come up the front after and and be able to speak and pray a a salvation prayer with you. So maybe you've uh, known God in the past and maybe you've walked away from him. Maybe you know that your life is not right in the exact place where you are right now and you need to make some decisions and you need to make some steps and you need to move forward into a relationship, a deeper and a truer relationship with him. Maybe you've never met Christ. Maybe Christ is a totally new concept to you. Maybe you're here for the first time and you're going, what's this guy talking about, this Jesus, this God, getting my life and and being a a good plant? Maybe that's you. Maybe you want to know and maybe you want to understand truly what I'm talking about by 
entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe you're just not sure. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you're in that stagnant place going, God, I don't know anymore. I don't know if you're real. I don't know if I just want to go back to the things I used to do. Maybe that's you as well. So I'd really love to um, uh, encourage you, if you're one of those three type people, with all, all heads bowed and all eyes closed, that if that's you, I'd love, love, on the count of three, I'd love you to raise your hand. I'd love you to be bold and raise your hand up. So one, two, three. If that's you, I'd love you to just raise your hand right now and just say, God, I accept you. I want to move into a relationship with you. I've moved away from you. Is there anyone here tonight, if that's you, just raise your hand up and we'd love to pray with you. I'm just going to wait another moment longer. I do really feel on my heart that there is God is speaking to someone's heart here tonight. Is that you? Is that you that God's speaking to your heart? Sometimes your heart beats faster. Sometimes you feel a bit nervous, like you're going into a job interview or something. But you know what? This is like a job interview where you always get the job. So if that's you, I'd just love to encourage you to raise your hand. Is there anyone here tonight? Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.